Hi, I'm Chip Sutterth, and welcome to episode 459 of the Two Minute Time Lord podcast, concentrated commentary on the worlds of Doctor Who. I am joined today by Nicole Hill. They are the community manager for Black Girls Create, and they tweet at Black Tardis on the Twitters. Nicole, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I wanted to check in with you after seeing some of your uh, Twitter commentary on the news of the week, uh, Russell T. Davis's return as showrunner. What are you thinking about that? So I am cautiously positive because for me, uh, the RTD era of the show is my era. It's my, um, it's the one era that I revisit the most and like actually watch and enjoy and like, and that even with the caveat that there are a lot of problematic parts of that uh, run. Um, so for me, it's thinking what can this person bring now that they are far enough removed from the show to have maybe learned and grown and have better uh, a handle on things, but then also bring the things that, you know, I enjoy back to um, the show. So that's kind of my overall thought is like, yeah. Let's bring them back now that they've hopefully improved as a person and as a creator and as a as a showrunner and see what we can get out of that. So let's unpack that a little bit. What are some of the specific things about RTD1 era from 2005 to 2010? What were some of the things that uh, continue to stick with you to this day in a positive way? I would say that that era is very character focused. Um, um, and, I, and I can easily think of the example, because I use them all the time, but I think of like the episode Midnight, which is like one of my favorite episodes. And the fact that there are characters who you have, you spend 45 minutes with, but if you say Jethro, everybody knows who you're talking about. That's a character that is not, does not return at any point, but we all know that character. We remember that character, right? Like even the hostess, like she doesn't have a name and that ends up being a sticking point in the episode, right? Like, dang, we didn't even get her name. But the fact that that's something that sticks with you for like, there's been several seasons since, but like I can say the hostess, which it shouldn't really mean nothing, right? But people know what that is. I feel like the ability for me to care about a character that I'm only spending 30 minutes with, um, that's something that has not, for me, reoccurred. Where the later seasons have maybe more adventure, more plot, but I don't necessarily care as much um, about, and that's not necessarily about the Doctor, obviously, and the companions, but just like, they spend so much time with people who are not the Doctor and the Companions. But in the RTD era, I care about those people. Whereas in later points, like in Moffat's era, I can only think of a few. And they end up being recurring, right? So I care about them because they keep coming back. But like when I think of one-offs, I can't really think of as many in the later eras. Um, so for me, it's like much more character-focused and much more... I don't necessarily care what's happening because I'm invested in the the people on screen um and i kind of want to return to like being captivated by those people more so than like things looking nice and being flashy or being like a really cool concept but uh, like me not actually caring about the conclusion because i don't care about the characters as much when you look back at uh his first time as a showrunner are there things that you specifically want him to be better at when he comes back and are there things that you sort of gave a pass on back when you were first watching those episodes that you'd be really disappointed to see if they came back in. So I would obviously say that the way that characters of color are treated, the thing about that era of the show is that I don't believe, like I think there are a group of fans or there are people who believe that 
that show that the show wasn't trying to be woke at that point. But I actually think looking at it backwards, like they were trying. They thought like, oh, we have a black person that's recurring. We have a black companion. And like a lot of her family is in the show. Like we are doing something. I actually believe that they thought that was pushing the needle forward, right? But it didn't have the writing or it didn't have the staff to support those characters. So it's a white man writing for a black woman or for a black man. So for me, I would need and really feel like it's necessary to have those people who are on screen represented with the people who are writing them. So having black writers, if you have, you know, like right now we have, yeah, it's like having somebody who is Pakistani, somebody who is a woman, those are things that we need to have in the writer's room writing for these characters. So for me, it's, I enjoyed the inclusion of like Mickey and Martha, but I would have wanted black people to write those characters or to be in the room to say, oh, this is more realistic. This is not, this is pushing, you know, you're pushing up against stereotype or so I think having enough time apart, hopefully that's a lesson that has been learned organically and working with other people, hopefully other people of color, other minorities, other people with um, historically included people. Um, so that's why I say I'm, I'm positive because I hope that that's something that has been learned because it's been enough time, but you know, you have a little bit of wariness and so you, you know, hope for the best, but expect the worst. Prepare for disappointment, but be ready to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. In fandom with your colleagues at Black Girls Create and in the fandom circles that you inhabit, you've been really involved in making fandom spaces more welcoming uh, for people who have been marginalized out of those spaces in the past. How do you think most people are reacting to the return of a showrunner rather than striking off into new directions? Like in my own personal spaces, I would say it's about 50-50 because again, it's a person coming back who didn't do it perfectly the first time. So the fear is you're going to come back and you're going to make the same mistakes again. Whereas for me, it's like maybe we come back and we get all the good parts and then they learn how to fix all of the bad parts, right? Um, but I think what a common occurrence is or what I, the conversation I've had is the way that Dr. Sh not Dr. Show, <laughs> the way that Dr. Who runs <laughs> is so chaotic and so fast paced and that it feels like throwing a new showrunner, especially if this is a time where they're going to give like a person of color an opportunity. It kind of feels like throwing them to the sharks, right? To me, going backwards means like, okay, we have somebody who's tried and true, who knows how to deal with the politics and the, you know, figuring out all the, all of those small logistical things that a newer showrunner, especially in this context, would not be able to deal with as much. And so I felt like Russell T. Davies versus a brand new kind of untested talent in this case is probably more equipped to deal with all of the chaos of the production. And my hope is that because he had that experience, he can head that off and do that and then bring in writers to actually write in those people are the new people that we're trying to get to be the showrunners of the next era, right? Because then they've actually had time to learn the show, learn the production, understand what they're actually walking into. So I think a lot of us are like, I would maybe rather have somebody from the past than have somebody new that then is going to be up against this fandom and up against all the critical, you know, everybody's looking at them. And if they're a person of color or somebody from another marginalized identity, it's that much more weight on their shoulders. So for me, at this point, it's like, uh, I kind of feel protective of that person. And I'm like, 
this this hypothetical person i don't want to be thrown to the wolves i don't want them to like yay we have a new you know poc showrunner and then the show doesn't do well or doesn't it doesn't meet the metrics that needs to be met and then it's like well we're never hiring a person of color again in the back you know in production i'd much rather them say oh we didn't do great maybe we need to reship the show because we already know that this person can bring it but the show itself is maybe not doing what needs to be done because of other factors and so they're not looking at oh this is where we messed up at by hiring a person of color and they're looking at oh maybe we need to make other changes I'm shocked, shocked that you would think that the Doctor Who fandom would be difficult to deal with. <laughs> now, the last question for you is, obviously, new episodes from Russell T. Davis aren't going to show up until 2023. And who knows when before then we're going to get any more hints about what kind of writing and production staff that he's going to build out uh, outside of uh, the folks already at Bad Wolf. So that means that we've got Nine more episodes, uh, counting next season and the specials of Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker and Yaz and whoever the, the that Dan guy is. <laughs> With the news that things are going to change and the announcement of Russell T. Davis as the showrunner, um, how does that make you look at the year ahead, the final episodes that Chris Chibnall is going to be tasked with producing? Um. Honestly, I think the limitations of being in a pandemic force the show to make choices that might actually benefit the show, which is like, let's make one long story versus all these separate episodes. Let's actually focus in. And so in a way, I kind of am hopeful that those limitations actually m make for a much stronger final season for this, you know, this showrunner and this doctor. Um, and I also hope that there's a freedom to it that where they are less inclined to color within the line because like well we already we already know what's happening next like we already got the next showrunner we don't have to really impress anybody anymore we could just tell good stories and maybe what happens is that we end up with a really strong strong final outing for this doctor right and also i just i just think that they have enough goodwill built up like for me like i felt like when i rewatched the chipman era at first i was like oh it's not it doesn't touch me it's not as strong but actually Depending on this last season, I'm hoping that it comes around um, and I'm hopeful about it. So I'm like, I'm treating this last season as like, I'm going to really just go into it with like no expectations, but like, I'm not going, because I think we kind of go into things expecting them to not live up to our expectations or like, it's going to be bad. But actually I'm going into it like, you know what? I'm trying to watch this without a critical eye. Like I always have one. I can't help it, but I can turn it down a little bit to where I'm just like not looking for things to dislike and really actively wanting to like, I'm mean, enjoying this, even though, like, I don't know who this man is. I would love for him not to appear until, like, the seventh episode. But, like, realistically, that's not going to happen. But other than that, I'm, like, I'm going a, I'm to a treat it, like, with the excitement of if it was, like, a brand new showrunner or a new doctor. Like, I'm going to treat it that way because I feel like perhaps because of all of the things that are happening, they are actually able to, like, really just tell a good story and not really worry about all of the, like, politics and all the other things that... If you're an ongoing showrunner, you still have to worry about, you know? Nicole tweets at Black Tardis and is the community manager for Black Girls Create, also on Twitter. Check them out. Nicole, thanks a whole bunch for uh, taking some time to talk with me about the return of Russell T. Davis. All right, thank you for having me.